Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? I'm bloody good, Matty C. I'm bloody good. We are talking episode 40 this week, the big 4-0. Can you believe this is where we're at, Matthew? I can, and I tell you, that's how big it is that we've actually had first ever time. It's take two on the intro. Never done that before in 40, so we, we're starting to cooked really judge ourselves. I cooked it. Big cooking. Really got carried away. A minute and a half, and then you you giving me the cut it, and I didn't cut Anyway, we're back. Big episode, Mago Shark. 40. Who have you got for me for the cats? Give it. Give me someone. Wojo. Wojinski, David Wojinski, two-time premiership player for the G-Long Cats. He's quick as lightning. He's grease lightning, Wojo was. A fan favourite, actually. A really good player. I liked him a lot. Didn't get a lot of accolades, but gee whiz, mate, when the whips were cracking, Wojo's your man. Wojo was your man. And Benny, bad boy Benny Howlett for the Bombers, uh, number 40. I will say about Wojo, I reckon he's one of those players, though, if he was in a a real pooey side, he wouldn't have been as good as he was. He's one of those guys that lifts up with the guys around him. He was There's afforded the opportunities. Right. He was all, yeah, there is, but that, that's what I'm saying. Some guys land lucky. He landed mm, lucky. Absolutely. He he landed in a where he could play a different role. If he went to a shit side, you're asking more of him. You know, that happens a lot. Having said you. that, he didn't play. He got dropped for the 2008 grand final, Matthew, and we lost dismally. And I reckon his absence was sorely felt that day. Sorely Came felt. Came back in for the 09 granny and just went wacko. Actually, I said two. He's a three-time premiership player. I, I stand corrected. He never lost the oh, granny. Probably so good on you. Anyway, enough on him. Uh, more on the matter at hand, and that's episode 40. It's a big one. We're brought to you proudly, proudest, proudly by uh, Palmerbet, great sponsor of ours from episode 12. So they've uh, they've been longstanders, and we punt with them religiously, Mako Shark, and we punt better than we uh, better than most most weeks. But uh, we also, please say, please just do it ever so responsibly, Mako. Pennies are tight these days. Penny pinching. So if you're going to put a bet on, don't just listen to us. Do you? Di- we we do like the diligence check, don't we, Mako Shark? The tick 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 Must. before you start ticking. So anyway, thanks to them. They're they're fantastic. The world's greatest application. If you want to have an easy to use app, their app unbelievable. Want to think of a sport? It's there. Doesn't take you any time to find it. So great agency, great people. Uh, not that Palmer. They're making punting great again. We've recreated the podcast world. We're, we're doing things that people can fucking only dream about. It's just a great match made in heaven. And enough on that, Mako Shark. What do you got for me? Well, not a lot, Matthew. Just we're having a great week, mate. We're having a great week. I've actually, uh, you wouldn't believe it, Matthew, this week, uh, just mm. tonight, actually, about a half an hour ago, I had a glass of red wine, Matthew. Can you believe that? Oh, you know the boy. Mako Shark. I think for no, the I first can. time in my entire life, I asked the Dale, can you pour me some plonk? And she went, are you fair income? I went, yeah, give us some plonk, Dale. I've had a I've had, you know, first week back, Matthew, at work since the tin lid was born. That's 10 weeks off. So I'm back at work this week, Matty. Yep. It's, uh, you know, it's okay. I'm not going to complain about it. But then you get home and then about half an hour ago, the kid just goes off. It's fucking proverbial. Happens. It's screaming yeah. the house down. I'm like, all right, I've been at work all day. I haven't had much sleep. The kid's crying. I've got a podcast coming up. We need a loose and lazy Mako Shark. So tell you, Mako Shark. I can believe, me I can believe it. I can believe it. Yeah. You know why? You get to why? things late. Matty C, wear thongs. Nah, thongs are for losers. Now all you do is wear thongs. Matty C, bottle of water. All you do is drink water. Now you're on the plonk train. And by the weekend, you'll be an absolute expert. Nah. Mako Shark. Look, I won't say I hated it. I won't say I hated the nice glass of red, but uh, a nice uh, Cabernet, I think it might have been. <laughs> Maybe a Merlot. I live for Merlot, Matthew. But um, You live for it. It was fine. That's nice. And I, think I like it. Educated, astute maker. He's a whiskey boy. He'd be a red, a red wine boy. You've got to get on the... Uh, you got to get on the bros, eh, Trey? 
bit of tempranillo potentially. But, the brose, uh, right? Get on yeah, with the brose it, looks all right. It looks a bit wanky for mine, but look, <laughs> I'm up and about. I've had a glass of plonk, and uh, episode 40, come at us, Matthew. We had Jamie Malarkey on the pod last week. It was uh, great feedback, as always. This podcast doing big numbers these days. It this is. This is going to be no different. I've had no plonk, Mako Shark. I'm going under the knife tomorrow. Snap meniscus. Mm. Um, trying to save my football career because my life, my football life is over at the end of this season and I'm in a race, a race against the clock, a Stevie J race against the clock. Jab me up, strap me up, baby. Cut out what you need. I'm coming, coming for the cup. So I'll give you a little count. I'll give you a little update. I'll give you a meniscus watch. I'll give you updates. I'm going in tomorrow. Want to be out, want to be walking by the weekend, want to be running by late next week. And I want to be back into it, Mako Shark, because I'm not, I'm not leaving the flag on the fuck. After 37 years of age, after all the kilometres I've travelled, after all the games I've played, I'm not leaving a flag on the table, Mako Shark. That's my promise to you. Well, I think that's more than fair <laughs> enough, Matthew. So it's thought the 27th tomorrow, under the knife, we're heading mm. off for a nice little uh, a, a sojourn down to Sorrento on the weekend, I think we are. So it that'll is. be nice. Maybe yeah. get the legs stretched, get down on the beach potentially and try and stretch the ligament and the... You know, get things moving, get the blood flowing. So that's good. And then we're going to have a meniscus watch for the next four or five weeks yeah. on this podcast. When you talk about blood flowing, my blood's flowing excitingly for our guest this week. Do you want to uh, – I like oh, when boy. you do the little. I'll give you the honours because blood flows when wow. this man talks. Blood does flow <laughs> in uh, many different regions many, of the body. That's right. I, I tell you what. Good. <laughs> Big bad bustling. Do those words mean anything to you at home? Well, they bloody should oh because Barry Hall, back on the pod, friend of the pod, one of the best friends of this pod. You'll hear yep. it, mate. He's going to love chatting to the boys. I'm going to pretend that we haven't already spoken to him as we talk about all week. Have we spoken to him yet? <laughs> haven't we? Who knows? Let's pretend we haven't, Matthew. This is going to be okay. a good chat. I'm looking forward to it. I wonder what Barry's going to go with. I reckon it's going to be great. I reckon it's going to be a good chat. I reckon he's going to be happy with us. I think he's going to love it, and I think the listeners are going to love it. We love Barry. The honesty of Barry is refreshing, and not refreshing oh. to this podcast, but refreshing in society because people always try and hide things. Barry straight up um, owns mistakes, but also is very generous with his time and 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 his input, and we love him. And this episode, Mako Shark, isn't as much about just you know a guest and you know asking many. It's more a conversation that we really wanted to have with Barry. Yeah, this was a combo. Barry's, yep. Barry, this is a this is a this is just three MMA fans chatting about uh, all things uh, MMA and some boxing stuff. So I think the listeners are going to love it. We're certainly going to love it. Barry's going to love it. Do you want to take us in? I do, mate. I do want to take us in because, as you said, we haven't spoken to him yet, just mind you. But he's a, he's a big MMA fan. He just loves it. He's got a passion for it. We also do on this podcast. He's big, he's bad, he's possibly Barry Hall. We are back again this week with a friend of the podcast, one of our favourites. He is back again, big, bad, bustling, Barry Hall, back on the pod again, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you, mate? G'day, boys. I'm going well. 
Thanks for coming back on, mate. We, uh, as we said, friend of the pod, uh, still rank up in the top two of all time, and I think it's it's Eddie Hearn and yourself for our all time uh, episodes. Out of this is the fortieth, so oh, really? uh, the list the listeners loved it, mate. And I guess we owe you a bit of apology. I think we caused a bit of an unwanted media. Um, a few articles picked up off the back of the last one about the father stuff. So we hopefully we won't we won't be doing any of that stuff this right, this yeah. time around, mate. It's a bit more friendly. We just we. That's all good, mate. Um, <laughs> as you know, as you blokes know, I'm an open book. So yeah, I know, I know. We love that. That's why we want you back. Go for it, Mako. No, nah, well, absolutely. Like we spoke off air last time, mate. You've got a love and a passion for MMA, which is what we've got here as well on the podcast. We want to get into that with you definitely, but we might as well just go back. We'll go because we had you on what back in March. You had the fight with Sonny Bill Williams coming up. Yeah. And, uh, look, we were up and about. We were pumped for it. But it didn't quite go your way, did it? Let's be honest. So <laughs> no, let's talk about no, it. What so. happened? And how are you now, mate? What's what's the go? Oh, look, I'm good now. I was I was fine. You know, I was fine straight after the fight that night. I was I was totally fine. I just, um, you know, there was a few things went wrong. Uh, fight week and, um, you know, I lost a bit of weight and all those sorts of things. And, I'm not one for making excuses, and I certainly didn't divulge a story to anyone because it looks like you're making excuses. I didn't want to do the old boxer trick of, <laughs> oh, geez, I was cook all week and all this and that. Oh, so I didn't right. want to take the gloss of um, Sonny Bill's uh, performance because he did quite well. And I think it just makes you look like a bit of a dick, you know. There was a couple of things that went wrong, um, but that's, you know, my responsibility. And whether I was crook or not, whether I lost weight or not, I still got caught with a shot. Um, got a temple shot, and uh, mm. my legs were just gone after that. You know, I sort of pride myself on having a bit of a chin, and uh, yeah. in the gym, I was, I was tested over and over again, um, and passed with flying colours, and uh, you know, come back after a big shot, and, and you know, put it on guys, and just a temple shot. It was um, it was something I hadn't experienced like that before, and I was watching it back, going, "Geez, I uh, I eat shots like that." So it was it was quite bizarre. Just the legs were gone. And um, it, it almost was a little bit similar. Like, remember Paul Gallon fought uh, Big Daddy Brown? Correct. Luke yep. Brown. Same thing. Bit of a temple shot. Gallon's a bit of a slapper. Uh, he, yes. He yep. Open hands. And uh, caught him. And Big Daddy was the same. Uh, legs yep. were gone. And it was just hard to recover from that. So, um, yeah, look, it, it wasn't uh, a memorable night. But, um, yeah, it was a night I'd like to get back and. You know, I would love to have rematch, but after a performance like that, you can't ask for one. You know, it was a pretty yeah. definitive um, performance by Sonny Bill. First round knockout, you can't be going, oh, you know, gee, I was unlucky, I need a rematch. Because, back, uh, yeah, yeah it's, um, the performance speaks for itself. Yeah, I, I, I was watching it, mate, and I was as soon as I saw you get hit with that, I instantly thought back to the Anthony Joshua Ruiz fight when uh, the famous upset happened at Madison Square Garden. Fit as, but just got hit in the wrong spot, and you can see the legs just didn't want to cooperate with the brain. And as soon as you see that in a fighter, you almost, I almost, because I'm not the fighter, and I don't want to, you know, you obviously want to continue to win, but you almost want the ref to stop it because it didn't matter. It didn't matter what was going on above your pelvis; your legs were not working, and it happened in that big fight with Joshua, and you eventually get stopped and probably take another shot or two that you don't need. But um, yeah, yeah that, right. that's just unlucky, isn't it? And that's boxing. It happens. Yeah. It happens to the, the biggest fights on the biggest stage. It's just un, unlucky. It, it, you know, that's all it is. But, yeah, it does. You, look, your legs go, as you said. But one thing that goes is your eye. Um, okay. I've, I usually see punches pretty good and, and can and can get away from them. And early in the fight, I still remember, he mm-hmm. threw a couple of punches and I, was, I thought straight away, he's slow. He's quite slow. 
And then um, I was a cop the temple shot, and um, I just didn't see him coming from from there on. Like the eye was gone, legs were gone. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things. And uh, his, his game plan made it look like he might have almost known something might not have been one hundred percent in your camp because he just walked you down from the first. Like that was a strange because when you watch big fights and you you know you watch them all, all you know all around the world, the first round is normally a bit of a feeling out process. But he almost mm-hmm. threw caution to the wind. You know, I say he knew something, but it just that's that's very different to how you see some of the big fights happen on the bigger stage. There's normally a bit of a, you know, let's just have a bit of a vibe here, and he just sort of went yeah. straight at you, which was surprising. I, th- I think they might have known something because mm-hmm. he did say to me at the weigh-in, um, mm-hmm. "You're looking pretty scrawny, bro." <laughs> um, oh no! And yeah, because you know he obviously weighed in twelve kilos heavier than me. Um, yeah. I lost, uh, I lost nearly five kilos fight week. So you um, did look but, pretty but, uh, not gaunt, but you did look pretty drained. Yeah, I must say. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know, I, I certainly um, and for for people who jump weight class and probably MMA guys would know the best. If you don't refuel or get the food in or get the nutrition in, you you just can't take shots, and and that's just sort of something that happened. And uh, yeah, maybe they did hear something or. Because he, mm. uh, he he didn't waste any time, um, and and mate, that that was a risk from his point of view, and and he took it, and uh, you know done done well. I'm not a fighter. It's well known on this podcast. Neither of us are. I've actually never been punched in my entire life. Thirty seven years, pretty good record. <laughs> I'm quite record. proud of it. I must say, I think it's pretty good. But like, there must be. A, you said you got a good chin. You pride yourself on your chin, but there must be a difference between a chin and a temple shot. Yeah, like it must be a completely yeah. different feeling. Equilibrium, yeah. all that stuff. So you can have the best yeah, chin in the world, but if you pop it in the temple. Yeah, your balance. Uh, as I said, you, my eye went. I usually see shots. I can get away from them. I can block. I can duck and weave. My head movement's mm. usually pretty good. Um, as I said, just watch the tape back, just shaking my head going, geez, what was I doing, you know? So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, your legs go, your eyes go. It's uh, just one of those things. It's um, But can't get it back. Good, good luck to him. No, good luck to him. Really? He, he'll, he'll go on and have a pretty big fight, you think, his next fight. Um, Eddie Hearn even mentioned him on our podcast when we had him on. Yeah. So if you've got the, the biggest promoter in the world talking about you, there's obviously some big paydays ahead for him. But oh, we're, we're just glad that you got out of it pretty unscathed, mate, because it's two big boys and it's always a danger. So you're, have you, you've retired now from that? Is that right? Or well, still- you sort of put yourself into um- – probably a little bit irrelevant now. Like um, yeah. if you want paydays, which, you know, I wasn't doing this for a career. I was doing it for a bit of money. And that's probably because mm-hmm. I thought I could still do it at a high level. And I absolutely can. Despite yeah. what happened in Sunnyville fight, I'm going to yeah. sound like a little cock here. I think seven <laughs> seven out of 10 times I win that fight. Honestly, yep. that's in my whole heart. Um, yep. And people will probably think, geez, you're crazy after what happened. <laughs> in my whole heart, that's what I absolutely think even to this day. If they said rematch, I'd go, sweet. I wouldn't even yeah. think twice. Yeah, let's go. Because um, because I know my abilities. I know um, I know what he's like a little bit. And, you know, he's a great athlete and very respectful man. And he did what he had to do. But I would have no um, hesitation in taking a rematch at all. That's like so me as an Essendon the, fan, yeah. mate. The 99 oh. prelim. If Essendon played Carlton 99 times... Yeah. Sorry, a hundred times they'd win ninety nine that time. It's just that one time. So you can you can still have the confidence that you beat him seven times. I think you know that's fine. Nothing wrong. Well, with that. it's pretty hard to argue after that performance. But um, <laughs> as I said, I just I know in 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 my heart that yeah. I know my abilities and I know what I can do. And I just didn't yeah. show any. That was probably that was probably the most annoying part about it. I trained so hard. Um, yeah. Things just went wrong. 
the last week and then I just didn't get to show all my improvements of, of what I was actually like because I think people would have been generally surprised if they seen what I can actually do. Um, but well, I don't want to I don't want to talk you back into it. I don't, I don't want your wife to hate <laughs> us. But you, you, you mentioned Big Daddy. I mean, he had a pretty – you could argue that that loss was – probably more definitive, being a world heavyweight champion at, at, at his height of his powers. I think he'd only had two losses until that point and got steamrolled by a rugby player. And then he's had a couple of fights and now he's back talking big money. So oh, you, yeah, I, don't want, I don't want to push you into it, but there, you, you know, there's a way back if the big fella well, hats, can do it. Hats off, hats off to him, the way mm-hmm. he's caught himself back and fought mm-hmm. some, some quality guys, some really good heavyweights, and um, was getting touched up and then just clipped them like he does. And uh, if he finds your chin, you're out. Um, the way he's fought his way back is uh, a credit to him. So well done to him. No, good on No him. one expected that performance on that last. What was it? Junior Fire hit him with that shot. It wasn't behind the head. It was a bit unfortunate, the positioning. But, geez, he's got power still, doesn't he? So blokes yeah. with power like that, you can never count him out. He's good, man. Go. He, he's like, a good fuck, You know, if you can. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really impressive performance. So Big Daddy's sort yeah. of relevant again now, and he's fought his way mm-hmm. back. And that's that's what you got to do. So you're not, you're not, uh, you haven't totally hung the gloves up, is what you're telling us right now. Because I thought potentially you might have. Because who knows? After a performance like that, I know family sort of probably starts to think, all right, let's wrap it up a little bit. You've got kids now, probably they might have seen it. I don't know. But is there an inkling like that you wouldn't want to get back in the ring, or as you said, you're backing yourself in, and if an opportunity come up for a payday, that you would probably take it and back yourself in again. Oh, look, I I would. Um, as I said, I know I know what I can achieve, and I know how well I was going prior to the Sunny Bill fight. But the money's just not going to be there. Let's okay. let's be honest. So not um, to that level, yeah. I got offered the I got offered the uh Justin Hodges fight, but it was oh, yeah. it was for peanuts. It was it was embarrassing. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, that. they said oh, there's potentially a gallon fight after that. So well if you can guarantee me a gallon fight mm-hmm. after that, I'll knock him over. But they couldn't do that. So okay. I was like I said no. Um, yeah. I, as I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this for a career. I'm doing this because I'm able to. I think yes, I can yes. do it at a high level. I'm doing it for money. I'm doing it yep. for my kids' education. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no shame yeah, in that I'm at all. Not doing it to become the heavyweight champion of the world, that's for sure. <laughs> be a big, just... be one of the greats. That would be one of the great all-time stories if that ever happened. Yeah, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey, look, we had you on, as we said, like we we. We got you back on because of your love of MMA, and we appreciate you going back over the, the fight with Sonny because um, the oh. listeners will obviously love to hear from you about that, and you might not want to talk about it as much. But MMA, mate, so you talked about it. It's a big passion of yours. What what um, sparked your interest in the sport, and when? what's your sort of earliest memory of, of uh, mixed martial arts, and why do you love it so much? Oh, look, I love, I love boxing, obviously. That was my first sport. But um, before I started to box, I uh, was kickboxing. I was doing Muay Thai. Um, yeah. And one, one thing, I used to live in country Victoria. You couldn't fight full contact in uh, kickboxing until you're 18 years of age. So that's why I actually went to boxing as a junior. Because uh, I was going in all these um, junior tournaments and I was sparring against men and doing boxing and stuff. And I was getting disqualified all the time because I was like punching people when you shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> you know, I was one of those kids who um, the parents were like, you know, booing me off because <laughs> their kids doing this bike one day stuff and you know, it's thinking they're quite good a bop. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't a very uh, – the parents didn't like me too much in those tournaments. So we thought, let's uh, let's can this. Let's go to uh, boxing. But my first love was kickboxing. I absolutely loved it. And then MMA came along, the UFC. Mm. Um, yeah, started with humble beginnings, and then it's just grown and grown and grown. 
And probably what I like about it the most, um, and look, I love boxing, but there's so much politics. There's so many divisions and organisations and promoters fighting against each other. We yeah. just want to see the best fighters fight the best. And that's, yeah. for a long time in boxing, that's been its biggest Achilles heel is, is that hasn't happened. Um, you know, the Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao fight did happen, but it wasn't in their prime. So um, very smart by Manny Pacquiao, by uh, Mayweather. But um, yeah, yeah that's, that, that should be where, if you're in the UFC, you fight the best or you're out. Um, mm. So mm. That, that, that's why there's no politics. The best fight the best. You, you climb your way up. Yes, if you sell pay-per-views, you might jump the queue by a couple, but that's that's business too. They've got to make that's money. That's right. I just love the no bullshit about the, the UFC um, and obviously the skill set. You know, these guys are, are animals, you know. Uh, you wouldn't yeah. like to mess with them on the street. Oh, no. And they don't care as much about the zero in the in the UFC, which I, th- you know, the, the you can have a couple of losses and still, you know, have a few fights against ranked guys and get back. If you have a good, you know, the boss tends to go off good performances there. So it's sort of... Where the stigma in boxing, like you said, the best don't fight the best because they want to keep that O. And then when they eventually do, they're both, you know, in their mid forties, and you go, well, we don't want to see this anymore. But then in the M- you know, the UFC world, the MMA world, you tend to get the better guys fighting each other, which leads to more losses. But then you get the comeback stories, and you see guys, you know, get back, and it shows a bit of what what they're about coming back from a loss, which is always a key to see how people do that, you know. Well, and and if you do get guys with O's like John Jones and um... yeah. Khabib and you know these are they're, they're special guys you know they're they're, yeah, they're yeah. up there um, you know Israel Adesanya is you know he could be one of those guys too he's um, he, he's a special athlete so um, if you do have an O you, you're certainly elite of the elite yeah were you uh, back into it back as you said when you were youngster in the nineties because I know me and Maddie uh, we got back into it in the sort of mid to late nineties there with the, the Gracies and Vitor Belfort really running through blokes back then. Were you into it back then? And like, if yeah. it was as big as it is now, back then, do you reckon it would have been something that maybe you would have uh, really dove headfirst into? Oh yeah, look, I remember when we used to hire videos or DVDs. Video. Used to go, That's us. So yep. we used to go in there, and it was—I um, forget the the ultimate. Uh, what was it called back then? Ultimate Ultimate Three or some shit. Ultimate. Yeah, something like that. And the videos, yeah, yeah. And I used to go through them and hire them and, and watch them. <laughs> you know, way back then. So pretty much from the start. Absolutely. Yeah, sweet. Um, I, I think the biggest thing, and, and I can kick better than I can punch. That's always been my, my go-to. I, I'm a, I can kick all right. Um, it's a scary, but, that's a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> i got long legs and I, I can get them up there too. But um, <laughs> the grappling and the jiu-jitsu is the thing. That's that's something yeah. that if you haven't got that, you're in big trouble. So You're in big we've trouble. We've seen kickboxers, kickboxers come and go. And um, if you can't do that, if you haven't got a good um, takedown defense or you can't defend – uh, submissions. Right. You're, in, you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, you can teach to strike. I, I mean, I'm not a. I don't, again, we don't fight, but I reckon you can teach someone the basics of striking easier than you can probably teach someone the basics of this guy's going to try and ch- put your lights out, climb your back. You need to know every move, and every move's like a chess game. You put one hand wrong or one limb wrong, then they can. You see how clingy they are, and they're just yep. yeah. So yeah, it is a different. It's a different beast. Well, you see it. You see with you know we spoke about Khabib uh, before about you know his striking got quite good in the end. Um, I thought he actually matched it with Conor McGregor. Um, well, you know, did shot, he? Yeah, yeah I, I thought he. I thought he really did. And you know his one wood is is wrestling and, and grappling and and a submission artist. He, and, uh, he he improved rapidly with the striking. Where Conor McGregor was sort freak, of going the other end of the spectrum, 
you know, to get yeah. his grappling and, and um, all that up up to scratch, it's just, you know, there's, there's levels and it takes years and years and years. Con- Connor's got great takedown defense and, you know, he's quite good in that area as well. But that's just another level. And it's something that, as I said before, takes years and years of, um, of practice. And um, we talk yeah, about uh, how good Khabib is on another level. He's a freak. Like we talk that fight against Justin Gagey, everyone's like, Gagey's a world class striker, blah, blah, blah. Khabib just walked him down without a care in the world. He ate the punches, he ate the kicks, and then he, and then as I say, Gagey's uh, other one would is he's a, he's a good wrestler. We've never seen Gagey's wrestling. He's a, he's a high school, he's a champion wrestler. Mate, Khabib took him down like a hot knife through butter and just made him look like an amateur, really, didn't he? Like, well, I, I think some bikes are just freaks. You know, Gagey's a, a you know, savage leg kicker. If you walk guys down, it's much difficult, much more difficult to, to chop the legs if you're always in their face. If yeah. you start a distance and you know you can do the calf kicks, yeah, it's just become pretty down. popular. So I think he just walked him down, and then when the time was right, he shot under, got him, and he, he made him look like an amateur in terms of of grappling and wrestling. It was uh, that really was did. that was a performance. Another good example of a, a wrestler that's learned to strike in the last sort of you know five or six fights is the is Usman. He's just, you know, yeah. he's he's flushing blokes with his punching. And I think my Mako Sharks, man, what's his name? The boxing coach, you love him. Trevor Whitman. Trevor Whitman, Trevor Whitman. Freak. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he, since working with him, you can see he's so much more astute with his striking, but he's obviously got that beast wrestling game as well. So he's turning himself into almost unbeatable because he can really got to respect his hands, but you know he's going to he can easily out wrestle you. It's scary. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's almost become, you know, his number one thing now. He, you know, he's yeah. a great wrestler and we've seen that in the past, but he prefers to stand up and strike. The other guy is Charles Oliveira, walking down yeah. guys. Um, yeah. you know, he's can do it all. Best <laughs> in the world or in, in the yeah. UFC and uh wears him down, gets him in a position and still submits him, but he he stands but trades with them on the step on the feet. Uh, very, very impressive. Yeah, freakish, mate. You mentioned a minute ago that uh, your leg kicks are probably your strongest, even better than your punches. I want to. I've seen some footage on Instagram of you training with uh, Australia's great Alexander Volkanovsky. We're we're big rap for him on this podcast. We uh, we pump him up here weekly. We're trying to really get the momentum going. We've clipped the Australian media because these pricks just don't give him the credit he deserves. Right. He's the fucking yeah. he's Australia's best athlete by a mile right now, and no one's fucking talking about it, and it pisses me off. But, mate, yeah. you've done some training with him. Tell us what it's like. He's just a ripping bloke by the look of it. But uh, he was pretty impressed with your kicks. I know that much. Yeah, no, he's, he's a ripper. Um, and pro- probably the, the most impressive thing from my point of view is a lot of, a lot of guys who haven't got the, uh, you know, the wrestling background or even the kickboxing and all those sorts of things go straight to America. They go to the big gyms there because of the sparring. And, you know, you, you walk in there and there's 30 guys you can spar, you know, maybe – Five of them in the top ten, you know. That's that's why guys go to the you know um, American kickboxing mm. and all, all those all those places. The most impressive thing he stayed at his home gym. Um, mm-hmm. It's down near Wollongong, very small yep. town, and the the sparring. I shouldn't say lack of sparring because that's disrespecting people, but you know he hasn't got the top notch sparring as, as what they do in America, and he stuck with it, and he improves rapidly Freak. every fight. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's he's he's doing something right. Um, Super impressive. I'm, I'm really wrapped now that they're putting pound for pound number one. Um, hopefully he can cash Please. in. And it's, it's crazy It's crazy to think that he could walk down the streets in Australia and would probably be more popular or more um, sought after in America than he is here. Um, yeah. 
sad, but you know, let's hope that 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 changes. Let's hope that what he's done in the past, you know, few months that um, with the the pound for pound ranking and the performance he did against Max Holloway, who no one does that to Max Holloway, no one. Um, that that was that was an absolute standout performance, and it's um, yeah, he's he's beaten everyone to be, you know, probably the greatest in that weight division right now uh, and for yeah. all time. So. You know, they talk yeah. about Max Holloway being that guy. He's beaten everyone Max has beat, almost, and he's beaten Max three times. And the last time... <laughs> and being he's beaten Aldo as well. Yeah, Aldo, um, you know, Mendes, yeah. all these guys. Ortega, you know, yeah. Yep, yeah, um, Ortega. So he's he could put his hand up and say he's he's the best uh, of all time in that weight division, absolutely. With, with, with your training, mate, coming from an elite, Background yourself. How impressed were you? You said you were. It was impressive. How, was it? Was it just great to be um, able to see someone at the height of their powers, even even if it wasn't full, full, full on? Was it? Is it just great to be able to see that so close handed as well? Just to be a, be a, around it. Absolutely, and you know, it's at a very modest gym. Uh, as it's a little gym just outside of Wollongong, small country yep. town. Very very modest. Shout gym. out. Shout out freestyle. Yep. Joe absolutely. Lopez, come on the pod, please. <laughs> He's a. He's, and he's a star. Like it, it's it's really humbling that um, you know hard work and dedication still gets you to the highest of highs. You don't need fancy gyms and, and gym equipment. Um, you know he's got the drive and the will, and uh, he's got some really solid people around him. So and his work ethic. You know he he turns up to training. You know shakes your hand. He had a coffee in his hand. You know very relaxed. Soon it was training time. You see his eyes. It was just yeah. focus, focus. I got a job to do. And mm-hmm. um, you know, he it was he didn't even see us in the end. It was like he, he was focused on what he was doing. So just his focus and intensity in training, um, it's something you need and something he's got. It's crazy to think like he's such a marketable character, right? Like he's undefeated <laughs> in the UFC, he's the champ, he's beaten the best three times, like you said. He's got a such a great personality, he's a likable guy, but yet we don't seem the it's just bizarre. Like what what more does he have to do? To get that, you know, that notoriety in this country, because he ticks all the boxes. If you're if you're a marketing or you know you're a, you're a big company looking for someone to sort of sp- be sponsored or you know like he just he, he's such a good bloke. He's 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 not fake and he's so good at what he does. I just can't. It makes no sense to me or uh, the Mako Shark. We're we're sort of just like what the fuck. No, it makes no sense. To do? No. The, well, the thing he's done is he cleaned out the division, so mm. he's going to go up now, which is the absolutely right move. Mm-hmm. Um, go up to go up to lightweight and uh, be double champ. And look, I think I think if you can do that, be double champ. And I'm not sure where he can. I, I know him and Connor have gone back and forwards. If you fight Connor McGregor and beat him, Connor. You know, done, done Dustin Poirier world of good in terms of his profile and and his following. Um, mm. You know, he was a, a top notch fighter for so so long. And then as soon as he fights Connor and, and beats him a couple of times, he's you know yep. he's larger than life. So that's that's. What I think he needs, double champ, which he's uh, in process at the moment. But if you can get a fight with Conor McGregor, which I think he would beat, mm. um, oh, you know, that also just elevates you, uh, whether you like it or not. It would be huge. Like they're saying potentially he's going to come down to Australia maybe early next year. Maybe we could get that champ-champ fight going. That would be massive. Hopefully uh, that happens. Tell you what, uh, we'd be there. I reckon you'd be there as well. I'll be there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you might do the you might do the big Jonathan Brown and find yourself walking out behind him like he like he seems to of all the big fights, big brownie. He's always yeah, you, you better not that. let him pinch your spot, mate. No, no. Um yeah, but I, I didn't notice Brownie the last uh was it Ken <laughs> Moses fight night. He was 
Yeah, yeah, yeah one, of the, one of the Maloney's. Yeah. He just he walked out, you know, holding the flag. Unbelievable. And then he he got invited to do the twin brother, but he had another. So he, they were giving him growth because he's you know you're only good Boy, enough to do the him. one. Why don't you do the twins, mate? Come on. Yeah. Had a cashy. As you talk about it, though, I think uh, after his destruction of Holloway the other month, I think the Americans are now starting to realise. All right, this bloke actually is as good as everyone says he is. But do you think? You come from an Aussie rules background, so obviously this country is just very focused on AFL or NRL, and if it's not one of those two sports, really you don't get much of a look in. Is that what you reckon it is? Australia's probably, I always think we're probably five, ten years behind the rest of the world when it comes to these sorts of things. I think we're still stuck in that old archaic, oh, we think it's barbaric and it's uh, it's cage fighting, it's, oh, the, you know, we don't want to market that to kids, that kind of mentality. Is that what it is? You reckon we're just a little bit stuck in the past here? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, it was al- almost, I shouldn't say similar to me because it's totally different, but, you know, I've I've got my audience um, and it's not necessarily the whole AFL, but the bogan, rough and tough guy who, you know, smokes darts and drinks beer and, you know, loves people. Drives V8s. You know, they're, they're, my, they're my people. They're the, they're the people who always come up and say hello and, um, and, want, and want to chat where, you know, some of the, uh, probably the parents who watch, who've got kids mm. playing footy and, you know, I, I absolutely get that. So maybe that is uh, is a bit of a barrier at this stage. Um, you know, George Cambosis, um, you know, pulled off one of the biggest upsets uh, in Australian boxing um, when he when he beat Lopez, and um, yes, got some headlines and all those sorts of things. But for the magnitude of the fight, probably didn't get what he deserved either. So no. maybe it's just a combat sports thing, as you said. It's um, it's something we don't want to promote too much. Um, which uh, which is terrible because it's uh, saved a lot of people's lives, uh, and there's people who could have went uh, certainly down the wrong path if uh, combat sports didn't um, didn't steer them in the right direction. So hopefully things change. No doubt. Well, yeah, we, we, all the guys that we've had on this show, all the UFC Aussie guys and you know girls that we've had on, they're, they're all really well educated well spoken people too so that, that stigma of this cage if they just gave them a shot they've got a lot of personality a lot to give and they they're very good with their time and they're very open so that it's just uh, someone just needs to take it with both hands which we're trying to do but <laughs> we don't have the budget of the big boys but it's just strange because they've got this thing oh they're you know barbaric but they're they're just human beings but they're just elite at something that you you know opinion you're divided but if you actually listen to the interviews and 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 have a chat to them. They've got really good things to talk about and great content. So I just yeah, boggles my yeah, mind. We're, we're we're sort of loving it though because it gives us an opportunity, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Most people in elite sports, and particularly combat sports, you have to be as professional as you can be and, and tick all the boxes. So they're probably as professional as AFL um, and rugby league, if not more, because you've got nowhere to hide. You can't rely on yeah. a teammate. You're in there by yourself. You can't, you know, I might miss a session today. It's um, you're going to suffer. So, you know, hopefully, uh, as I said, things can turn around because they're they're good, down to earth, honest people. They're not out on the streets belting people. It's the last thing they want to do. They're fighting people every day. So, um, yeah, hopefully that stigma can change because, uh, yeah, they certainly deserve a lot more publicity. Absolutely, they do. Got to ask you, mate. Did you um? Sorry, Mike, I was just going to say... No, I was just going to say, talking... it shits me that you've got fucking Nick Kyrgios throwing a tennis racket on a court or you got 
Jordan Degoe doing what he does, and it's just front page for fucking weeks at a time. But then you've got blokes like Volkanovsky or Robert Whitaker who could not be two of the biggest role models you could ever find in Australian sport, mm-hmm. and it's fucking crickets out there. Just yeah. grinds my gears, yeah. Barry. Agree. I agree with you. And we saw on uh, on the weekend, mate, I'm, I'm sure you watched it, one of uh, – look, we love him, Paddy the Batty, but we also love an Aussie that's called him out. So if they ever fought, we're, 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 the, we're on the hooligan, Jar the Malarkey. But he used, his, uh, he used his platform on the weekend for good as well, speaking about, you know, the stigma around mental health after a great performance. So, yeah, they, they, they're doing things um, that we're sort of screaming out for as a, as a you know, a, a human race in speaking and being open and, yeah, like – what are your thoughts on Paddy, mate? Do you do you love him, or is he a bit cringe for you with his dancing and he sort of? <laughs> he 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 was he was a bit cringe. He I, yeah. I I I gave him a lot of respect on on the weekend, uh, particularly after his message. Obviously, to go through what he went through with, you know, his mm-hmm. mate committing suicide, and then to um, pass on that um, critical message that uh, needs to be told over and over and over again to men. Um, just speak up and speak about your problems. It could save your life. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, hats off to him. Um, he's yeah. obviously can fight, and uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of what he was doing early days, um, <laughs> but you know, things like that can turn, um, you know, your opinion around of someone, and he certainly did that. And his friend yeah, there, the meatball, people, Molly, she's yeah, meatball. she's she's doing equally good things for, for the women's division as well. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. They obviously yeah. seem to fight on the the same fight nights and. To see the, the camaraderie that, that they've got it's good. and the support and, you know, the way they celebrate, it's uh, it's awesome. I know it's uh, I know you do a little bit of work as well for uh, mental health and stuff like that for men mm. with Pilot, I think it is. So, obviously, it's pretty close to your heart as well, what Paddy went on with there. So, definitely a good message, I reckon. Yeah, shout out to Pilot. They do a lot of, a lot of good things for for men um, in all, all shapes and sizes. So, um, yeah, uh, make sure you, uh, if you are having trouble, that you speak to someone who's who's close or um, you know get some help because uh, yeah once you're gone you're gone absolutely yeah, yeah. mate um, the last few UFC main events have ended with injury uh, like it's 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 frustrating for the fans but I'm I'm almost surprised it doesn't happen more often these guys putting yeah. their bodies through that weight cut and all the, you know and how high level they train and how hard and tough they go at each other so you know it's really quite rare it happens and for it to happen twice it's outrageous but it's probably should be happening more in a sport like that absolutely and usually happen things usually happen in three so yeah. um, my my hopes are i'm probably not going to buy the next month event you might <laughs> but, fall over uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but as you said I, I don't know how it hasn't happened more regularly but um mm. you know there's been there's been some some really good fights on paper that have started off and then you know through injury and, and what can you do? You can't you can't do anything about it. It's um, no, it's just one of those things. The, the eye pokes are is something that's happening more regularly for some reason or another. You know that distance thing when they when they're yeah, touching. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've got to do something with the gloves, or I'm not sure. Well, what they know. Can do. Have you? Do you know about Trevor Whitman? As we spoke about before, yes. he's got his own company, yes. the Onyx Gloves. Because I reckon the UFC gloves, they like naturally sort of extends your fingers, which is like just seems counterintuitive to me. So it's actually you've got to really yeah. try hard to clench your fist. Whereas the Onyx gloves are a lot more uh, a lot more user friendly, they reckon. But I think the UFC are fucking as always a bit tight arsey and don't want to pay Trevor Whitman his due. So they just don't fucking it's, do anything about it. Well they've been around for years. They've been around for a couple yeah. of years at least. Everyone that tries them goes, holy shit, these are so much better. But yeah. what are you gonna do? 
maybe a couple more events where you know the first round of a, of a massive fight is being called off. Maybe the UFC might talk to him. A few more sugar. Well, it's probably working. It's working well for him. Working well for Big Trev, I reckon, because the longer it goes on and he builds the sort of gets the fighters on board and want it, it probably gives him the bargaining power, doesn't it? Well, absolutely, yeah. If you want it, yeah. you got to pay for it. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. <laughs> absolutely. Mate, you are, we won't keep you all night because obviously it's, uh, it's a Tuesday night. The kids are in bed. I'm sure you want to go have a glass of wine or something like that. But one final thing we've got to talk about. I know you've got a passion for uh, cars and hotting up, not hot rods, but just sort of muscle cars in general. I know you've got a 69 Camaro that's got a facetious amount of horsepower. Talk us through that because that thing's out of control. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a rev head. Look, I'm a bogan at heart. Um, I spoke about we all are. My, I spoke about my crowd before and it's uh, – it's the burnout guys, the rev heads, and, um, yeah, they're, they're my people. My number one passion is cars. It always has been. Um, so I've got, a, I've got a bit of a car collection, and since I started to make a bit of money in footy, I've bought some cars. And, and um, when every time I had a, a child born, I'd buy a car for them. So when they're 18, I'm going to give them a car. Um, nice. I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably sell it and buy a Tesla, but anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, I, I, I'm a, my number one passion is cars. So I've got a 69 Camaro. It's got nearly 1,200 horsepower. And, yeah. um, I love it, mate. I absolutely love it. I, it's, it's in the garage now. After this, uh, I'm not going to go have wine. I'm going to work on that. So um, <laughs> Even better, mate. Fantastic. Yeah, when the, kids, when the kids and missus go to bed, I'm in the garage. And, uh, yeah, I'm forever tinkering with it. So... Absolutely. I'm a little it. bit jealous, mate. Like you've said every time you have a kid, you buy a car. I've just had a little baby girl. She's nine weeks old, and I'm contemplating selling my 2017 Mustang, and it's uh, it's really hurting me <laughs> at the moment. I don't know what to do. Yeah, well, um, a car suit, two-door cars is mate. not... And I, I made the horrific call. We were, we were trying to uh, build a house, and the, the, the broker at the time said, you need to free up some funds, and I, I had a, a 67XR... Falcon GT, and I sold that um, in 2016 right. and, and made me sit. I'm just, yeah, what have you horrific. Done? No, I won't tell you what it's worth now then. <laughs> no, I know. I know. So <laughs> it's, uh, we've, we've gone the opposite way. And you've, yeah, so you've got us covered there, mate, with the smarts. So buying, first, buying the car. My first son, I bought him an XR, a 67 XR um, gold GT. That's um, it. That, that's mine. That's what I bought mean, mine. Maybe I bought yours. <laughs> It was cheap. <laughs> cheap as. You heard the bike needed it, needed, needed it gone. You just said, well, you got to keep the wife happy. Mm. Off it went. So that's uh, it's quite funny. Mm. Oh, fuck, yeah. I, I find myself, mate, on YouTube, there's that many bloody car channels on there of guys that have got a bit of money that, you know, do what I wish I could probably be doing at this point. It, all around the world, you've got blokes with, like, millions of followers doing buying outrageous cars and hotting them up and taking them on rallies and, you know, it's just it's, it's a crazy world out there, isn't it? The car. It world. is crazy, and the, the car channels that they've got on there now. I started doing little bits and pieces, but by the time I get in the garage, I couldn't be bothered setting up a camera and all that <laughs> shit. I'm like, no, nah, yeah. I just want to get it done. So I've yeah. sort of left that by the wayside. But I've got a page on Facebook, uh, Barry Hall's Automotive. Um, so if anyone's interested, on jump on. I'm not I'm not that active on it. As I said, I'm a bit um, I'm a bit backward when it comes to technology, but um, yeah. I post everything, something every now and again. So Char- Charlie right. Dixon's uh, the AFL yeah. player's got a half decent one too. I, I I sort of watch one of his videos every now and then. He seems to have a real passion for it as well. He's, he's big in the cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guys are kept from main rod shop. Um, that's that's yeah, I've right. Been, I've been doing a bit of work for them. They're um, yeah, mm-hmm. they're really good guys. Um, shout out to them. They've helped out uh, Dicko as well. 
Nice. Fucking hope. Oh. Mate, if you're ever down in Melbourne for any car shows, let us know, mate. I'd like to come down and check some shit out, mate. I'm down soon. I'm down on the 12th of August. Uh, we're racing a, uh, a car from Castlemaine Rodshaw, uh, a VL. Yep. We're going to our drag challenge. So we're going nice. to test the car. So I'll hit you up. Nice. I'll let you know. Let Absolutely, us know, mate. mate. might come down. And look, we've... We've appreciated you jumping back on. Like I said, you're a, you're a friend of the pod for life with us, mate. Now, listeners have absolutely loved having you on the first time, and it'll be no different this time. I think we'll get you back on, mate, when the Volk announces his next fight, maybe the week off. We'll get you on. We'll do a bit of a preview um, and have a bit of a chat about that, and hopefully it'll be on Australian shores and we'll, we'll all be going. That'd be great. But absolutely. No, we, we, you're fantastic, mate. We, we've just loved it. So thank you so much. And all no, the best thank you. As, with as the said, boxing if first... it continues. But, yeah, good on you, mate. As I said, the first time I was on, I absolutely love speaking about this. This is my jam. This is my my go-to. I get asked to do podcasts all the time, and I say no to everyone else, and I said yes to this, So, and I'd certainly mate. do the same again. Appreciate you know that, Australia's mate. hottest podcast when you say it, mate. There it is. The person to put it. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers, Thanks, Barry, boys. mate. You're a legend. Good on you, mate. Wowie, boy oh, I've gone the reversal again, Mako Sharp, because that's how excited I get. If I get really excited like Brucey, I do the reverse, Mako Shark, and Barry got me going, got my blood flowing. Barry got the listeners' blood flowing, got your blood flowing. Barry's one of our greatest friends of the pod. As you heard him say, doesn't do podcasts, Mako Shark. Guess who nah. he does the podcast with? Guess who? Hmm? Never does them. He's done Isn't two it? with us, hasn't he? Two of the boys. <laughs> Back-to-back Barry's. Barry. Jeez, he's knowledgeable, us. Barry. On the, geez, he oh, talked yeah. a big game, didn't he? On the first ball, he's a big passion, and he's come on and he's dropping bloody, he's dropping knowledge he like a, from a, from a roof. He knew, mate. You, you can't get one past Barry when it comes to MMA. He knows he's 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 a he's a lifer. I would call him. He's a lifelong lifer. passionate fan, and mate, it's refreshing. I'm excited. As you said, we're going to get him back on too. I can't wait. He's going to be our uh, resident analyst, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Barry's fantastic. I I, I, uh, I had a bit of a chuckle. I didn't want to say it on the pod because I didn't want to um, upset the man. But when he said that all the parents, you know, didn't like him because he was rough, I mm. thought I was going to say, well, that wouldn't have changed much, Big Baz. Imagine at the footy when he was being bustling and really bustling blokes over. Could you imagine, like, the, you know, the, the mums of the, you know, don't look, little man. Like, you just be, he, he would have just, it would have continued, wouldn't it? It would have been a trend. I was going to say, that doesn't sound like you, Barry. Well, he's, I think he's not a fan, uh, not a friend of the mums on the field, but I reckon you get him off the field. I reckon you'd charm all the mums in the world. Like, he's just a fucking gentleman. He's got a great big, uh, he's got a great big smile, Barry. It's a big lure. It's a oh. lure boy. You get lured into he's it. He's a happy, just genuine salt of the earth type of bloke. And he's got a fucking Camaro with 1,200 horsepower. I don't know if people out there know what the fuck that means, but that's absurd. That's absurd. It is absurd. That's like Francis Ngannou. Injecting himself with steroids every day for about nine years. That's what 1,200 is. Well, it's like Francis Ngannou taking the amount of uh, performance-enhancing uh, elicits that uh, Joe Rogan's taken in his time. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. That's uh, an extreme amount of horsepower, and I'm excited. Absolutely. Um, if I was to take up fishing, Mako Shark, I'd use Barry Smile as the lure. 
it's quite alluring. It is. It is. It's, it's a nice smile. It's an unusual thing to say, but I agree with you. <laughs> it's very unusual. I'm, as I said, I've got surgery, so I'm a bit cuckoo. Anyway, I'll tell you what else isn't unusual, Mako Shark. I'm going to go, not unusual, because this next segment, Mako Shark, now, it's rare in a time, right? So I always thought about how good would it be being the assistant, assistant, assistant coach of the Chicago Bulls. Got no real, I don't have to do much, right? But you get to sit there and see greatness. You know what? That's me, right? I just get to co-host, right? I don't really do much. But weekly, Mako Shark, I get to sit here and I get to see greatness, right? I'm not the only one that hears it, but I get to see it because I'm looking at you as you're doing it and it's a treat week in, it's a treat week out. It's my favourite time of the week. It's my favourite segment and it's an absolute pleasure to be part of this podcast with man that's such a generational talent as yourself. We talk about the growth of the world. We talk about the greatest athletes, about the greatest musicians. I tell you what, Mako Shark, this segment put you on the map as one of the greatest and I'm lucky to be a part of it Mako Shark and that segment my friend is the Mako Shark Tank Mako Shark Tank back again episode 40 it's only getting bigger and better every single week at the end this week I'm coming for people who thank God when they win something I can't be the only person on this planet who is fucking <laughs> sick and bloody tired of people who want to go and thank God. I've had a the first thing they guy. do too. It's a before I say anything, I want to thank God. the first thing they do. I saw a, uh, an interview just oh, recently. No. I can't remember the prick's name. He's some golfer, some fucking golfer, some privileged fella out on the links, mate. He wins a tournament. It was some playoff tournament to get up into the PGA. He got his first ever win into the PGA tournament, and he won a playoff hole, and so they get all him on the microphone. All his hard work. And they in- of course, mate. You've worked years. You've done, you, you worked hard, mate. You're a good golfer. They put the microphone in front of this bastard, and they go, oh, gee whiz. Jeez, you must have been pretty nervous uh, in that playoff hole. And he goes, nah, not really. I've been playing pretty good recently. I, I, I just know that God wanted me to win this. I'm like, no, he fucking didn't, mate. All right? No, he didn't. How dare no, you, right? For starters, how arrogant fucking that bloke? dare you suggest that God, right, is up there just chilling out, right? He's just chilling out. He's just sitting around. He's going, oh, there he is. Old mate down there playing a golf tournament. Let's make sure he wins that. Oh, what about the kids that are in fucking hospital right now with all sorts of diseases, all sorts of atrocities happening in the world? Old mate God just says, nah, nah, nah. Sorry about that, mate. There's a fucking quarterback in uh, Tennessee over there. He really needs to hit a few targets. I'm going to make sure he gets it this week. I'll tell you what, there's an actress over there. She wants an Oscar. Go for it. That's what we really need. God, make sure you win the Oscar. God, make sure the quarterback hits the target. God made sure this guy hit the fairway. I tell you what, I've had enough of it, Matthew. I'm not going to put up with it. And if you're religious and you're upset, look, don't come for me. All right, don't come for the Mako Shark. Come for God. Because if God is really up there, Matthew, and he's actually doing this stuff, that is absurd from God. God needs to reassess his priorities, and he needs to start thinking a bit more about what he does, Matthew. What do you think? I'm getting a bit foamy at the Mate, I'll tell you right now, right, I've, uh, I've got a real issue with this, and I've had an issue with this for a very long time. God is the most fair-weather, downhill-skiing human being or whatever he wants to be. Oh. God, you know what he does, right? Whenever anyone wins, right, whenever anyone wins, God did that, so he takes all the – But then when a child dies of cancer, God doesn't take the blame for that. Yeah. Where were you on that one, dipshit? Well, correct. So he's just a fair-weather, downhill skiing, mythological nothing. I, I don't know. I just – Wow. I'm rap for him. 
I'll tell you what, God, I'm not even going to talk about when you impregnated Mary without her consent. Let's not go down that path because that's a, <laughs> that's a little bit risque for this podcast. But, look, I just want these people to relax, and I'm not even going to talk about the people that fucking talk, like people that, oh, I can't even go into it because we'll get taken off the air. I tell you what, but, like, yeah, no, medical science, Matthew, they want to ignore medical science, and thank God, even though the doctors have worked 26 hours in fucking hard conditions to save people, they want to thank God. What? Thank fucking Mr. Doctor and the scientist that proved that medical... Uh, I've got nothing left, Matthew. I'm just foaming. I can't stand I'll tell it. you what, mate, uh, Anyway, let's push on because I'm going to get... I'll push on, but I've got something. This is the first ever, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm at it. Not the first ever time I've chimed in. I tend to chime in and try and get a bit of hypey hype off no, the you, back of this segment. But i tell you what, mate, O'Shea. I'm going to do what no one's known this podcast before and put the same person in... Back to back weeks. Who we got? Rex Hunt. <laughs> Is that rhyming slang? You absolute Rex Hunt. Rex Hunt. <clears throat> it's not. Uh, it's not a, a coincidence that the most gross word on the planet, the cunty, cunt, right, is used. His name is used as a way to say that to someone without having the plums to say it. Rex Hunt, Mako Shark. Only last week went out and just completely obliterated or tried to a young woman's career. As we said, trailblazer won't back over that. Beep beep, won't, none of that. Do you know what he's done today, Rex? What's he? Go I think on. I do. Actually, I think I saw it. Tell him. Tell the listeners what Rex is done. Hey, shark. He's been involved in a minor bingle, right? So most human beings go, "Ops a daisy." That's life, right? You know what Rex does? Pulls into an alleyway, grabs a fucking pitchfork, and screams at the person three times. Do you want to die? Do you want to die? Do you want to die? What is with this human being, Rex Hunt? And can someone from his family lock? This old, imbecilic, geriatric, trash human being away and lo- and just fucking not speak. I hate Rex Hunt, Mako Shark. I hate him, and I'm going to keep putting him in. And you, 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 you might even have a little connection that we, you know, bad people hang out. Wow. Yeah, we saw. We we, we did see uh, Rex Hunt down at the press conference. The Hardmans are at the press conference, and who was he going go into for? That, but uh, he, he was wasn't going, going for, for Hardman. He wasn't going for that. That's right. I tell you what, Rex Hunt, stick a fork in him at this point. He is done, Matthew. You can't stick be that road raging. Stick in him. Stick his own pitchfork in him. Kill people on the road, <laughs> Rex. <laughs> please, yibbita yibbita. You're you're done, Rex. Go away, Rex. You're right, yibbita yibbita. That's it. Get fucking. Oh my goodness! I tell you what, uh, there's some someone something needs to be done. Ombudsman, we need a Rex Hunt ombudsman immediately because this man needs to be absolutely. Stopped in his tracks. He is causing all sorts of drama out in the streets. Mayhem. The streets are. Rex Hunt's on a tear. He's on a tear here. In he's on one, July. as the kids say. He's absolutely on one, and he's yeah. he takes taking no prisoners. Big Rex, and I don't like it one bit. I hate the man. If you're out there and you haven't seen it, Google it. You'll see this video of Rex Hunt just chucking an absolute wobbly. So there's no yeah. alleged. We we say alleged often here, right? And you might have to do oh, a Ricky a, Martin a apology in a minute. Rick, yeah. Sorry about that, Ricky Martin. <laughs> But there's vision right. and there's sound. It's all Rex. But, yeah, you, we, we retract on the Rick. We still don't know, though. He might have a good lawyer. <laughs> you never know. Anyway, yeah, that's, know, that's, my, that's my rant, Mako Shark. So apologies for doubling up. But you can't be pitchforking at a human being in broad daylight threatening to, do you want to die? You just can't in any world, in any time, really. That would get you shot back in the dime when you had pitchforks only. You just can't do it for no reason. You can't, Mako. Anyway. No. Nah. What, what can you do, up. though, Mako Shark? You can preview a UFC and you can preview a Palmerbet multi from the week before. Do you want to do that for me? 
Wow, we can uh, absolutely. You want to recap the uh, the event just gone by? Just quickly, London? just a quick one. The big event, quickie. the big event at the O2 Arena. Our multi yeah. uh, didn't get up, Matthew. That was a shame. Another multi gone begging this week, which was uh, oh, no. not the best. But these things happen, Matthew. These things happen. It sort of blew up uh, a little bit early, didn't it? It I did. Our fucking first one, but I know we had Craigie uh, Craig. Yeah, Pauly Volkan. Craig. Uzdemir versus Paul Craig, the Scotsman, Matthew, the Scottish Bizarre fight, Mako Shark. Bizarre fight, wasn't it? It was an absolute bizarre fight. Um, I thought he started well. The first half of round one, he looked good, the big Craig. Wow. I was like, okay, this is this is the values represent. But then it was just very strange from there to, for well, me. He's just so... He's just so committed to his ground game and his jiu-jitsu and his, his grappling. He just sort of seemed a little bit one track. We were one, one, what's the word? One fucking one trick pony almost. Like he just kept trying to pull guard and sitting on the mat, trying to lure Uzdemir in, but he didn't want a bar of it. So in the end of the day, what can you do, Matthew? If the other guy doesn't want to engage, you have to have a plan B. And he didn't. And didn't have it. So that there's taken a bit of gloss off my love for Paul Craig. I'm just going to put that mm. out there. I like when guys I show well rounded skills and he just didn't. He didn't. He didn't, which is unfortunate, mate. We like Paul Craig, the Scottish man, on this podcast, Matthew. But speaking of Paul Craig, Matthew, yeah, have you seen you our man Jimmy Crute just recently on the social media? The crudy pie, the Denny Crute mm. mustard, crudest the barber beefcake, mate. Did you see he's preparing <laughs> for his return to the octagon, Matthew? Did you Saw see it. that? Saw he's it. got his sights set on Paul Craig, mate. They've already fought once before, but I tell you what, mate, it's time to run it back. We saw what happened the first time. It was two world-class grapplers, mate. They were going head-to-head. And our man, the big Jim, he got the chocolates. You've seen the way these other blokes, mate. They don't want a bar of Craig on the mat, mate. He tries to pull guard, and they all go running in fear, don't they? But not our man, Matthew. Not the crudy pie. He will play Paul Craig at his own game, and he's going to fucking smash him, Matthew. The return is going to be big. He's been on one leg for the last few years, but that's in the past. He's got it sorted. Everyone out there, forget everything you think you know about Jimmy Crute. I tell you what, because he is not only returning with two fully functioning knees, Matthew, but he's also sporting the most luxurious mullet this planet has Ooh, ever seen is. since 1980s yeah. Patrick Swayze. That is a fucking glorious head of hair, it must be said. So early next year, Jim fucking Crute, Paul Craig in Australia. It makes sense. It must occur. Let's get it happening. What are your thoughts, Matty? Well, my first, my thoughts are he's got Swayze covered with the mullet maker shark. But as obviously, you saw the fight on the weekend, did you not? I fucking oath, I did. Craigie went to his back often, and you know what they say about men that go to their back maker shark. What do they say? No, I don't know either. But anyway, I tell you what, Jimmy Crute's gonna fuck. <laughs> Jimmy, they Crute, say Jimmy Crute's Jimmy gonna Crute's, fuck you. That's what they say. He's gonna say Jimmy Crute's gonna show him what it's like, and Paul Craig's not gonna like being on his back, Mako Shark, because the illustrious mullet is gonna put a clinic on him, and it's gonna be from the back, and it's gonna be from the front, and it's gonna be from the circular, and it's gonna be energy that he's never witnessed before. The Scotsman. Oh, you're in trouble. Oh, actually, we like Craigie. We're not a bad guy at Craigie too much. There's a lot of mutual respect <laughs> there between the two. Might not sound like it, but there is. But I think it's a good fight. I, I'm excited for the crudy return, Matthew, because we've seen it, mate. He's coming back. He's coming back well, to create noise. The fact he and, can do uh, what he did for yeah. so long with the ACL-less knee and all the knee issues, um, mm. to do a sport like that. It, it, On one leg. We know they're tough, these guys, right? But there's different levels of toughness, and he's at the – Higher end, just the respect he I have for him. I'm a bad knee man. I'm a I'm a wuss. He's not a wuss. 
Did you call me a wuss? Mm-hmm. I didn't call you a wuss, Mako Shark. No. But I did. No. I definitely didn't call Jimmy Jimmy Crude a wuss because the fact he could do what he did, and almost none of us really knew, unless you read articles, that he was in, enabled on that leg until the last sort of thing. But anyway, Mako Shark, he's going to come good with two ACL. He's going to have repaired knees. He's going to have bionic knees. And he hasn't lost any of his skills, Mako Shark. He's only been just fine-tuning him. And that mullet has given him extra strength and extra uh, power. And I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. Paul Craig won't take that fight. He won't want that fight, Mako Shark, I don't think, because – and we're not bagging Paul Craig, but he lost to him uh, early in his career, like we said. He's not going to want him now. Man, coming back really with a, a score to settle on the whole division, not just him. He's going to start with Craig if he takes the fight, and he's going to steamroll that division. We've said that division's a little bit vulnerable, Mako Shark. And if a man oh, like mate. the fucking Crudy Pie can get on a – if he can get on a fucking tear and he can do what we know he can do and he knows what he does and the, and the Duke and all these boys know what he can do, that division is toast. To put Rex are, Hunt's mate. fork in it, they're finished. Yep. They're, they're, yep. they're toast, mate. They're sitting ducks for the Crudy Pie. It's just an absolute uh, fait accompli, Matthew. There's oh, another good word for again. you. I tell you what. The listeners, I hope they much. play drinking games. Every time you sneak a photo complete in, it's a six-pack. <laughs> You've got to go for it, mate. But, look, we're digressing into a real Jimmy Crute suck fest here. We don't mean to do it, but, <laughs> look, it's going to happen. I think I think Paul Craig might want that fight back. Like, it's a loss on his record. You know these blokes want to try and get those losses back. So, mate, it's a fight that makes sense. It's a fight that I hope happens. I want Crute to get back in. I want him just to start fucking blokes up. And that's, the, that's a good place to start, Matthew. But then we'll move on because the multi was blown up. But forget about the multi. Let's talk Meatball Molly. The, the oh, scousers, yeah. Matthew. The scousers. They don't get knocked out, Matthew. And it just they, keeps on rolling, don't. mate. The show keeps on rolling in London. Molly McCann took out Hannah Goldie. Hannah Goldie, Goldie you know, she yeah, she looked all right. She's fucking ripped. She's got the big arms. She's got oh, yeah. the traps at the part and uh, talk the talk. But at the end of the day, Molly McCann hits you with the spinny elbow again and then it's right good night. She gives you the spinny Rooney via an elbow. You're in big trouble. And uh, we're all in on the meatball on this podcast. We'd love to have her on. Uh, and fights with a lot of pressure. They, they Her and uh, the baddie talk, talk it up and have a um, – what's that sort of uh, – What's that uh, when, ah, oh, fuck, you know, the personality that's that uh, rubs off on people. What's that terminology, making? they got that uh, infectious personality. Infectious personality. Thanks again to the wordsmith for just helping me out there. But they've got that vibe that the, 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 anyone around them would want to be with them, I think, and they oh, just be yeah. a part of it. And the, and the, the non-fake uh, enjoyment seeing each other wins good too. It's none of this sort of tennis oh, no. shit where they when they go and play the Davis whatever that fucking tennis tour and they're all happy for each other playing. Well, that's bullshit. They're not. They're all egotistical no. maniacs. But it's just genuinely nice to see two people, two friends. Yep. No, they're not fucking Mike Tyson. They're fucking. No, they're not. Are they, they are they, are they having thick? No, they're just ride <laughs> or dies, mate. No, ride or dies. And the pressure they put on themselves, not only through the media and through their actions, but then to have home soil victories as, as stunning as that, I, I just I, I find what she's doing fantastic. And I hope it continues, Mako Shark. I want to give a quick shout-out to, to uh, our man, mm-hmm. the Prez, Dave Portnoy. Davey Page views. He just knows, mate. This is a man. You might not like him. You know, he rubs people up the wrong way occasionally, ruffles a few feathers. But our man, the stool, stool presidente, he just has this knack of getting himself involved in every single little pie to keep himself relevant. And he's picked up on Meatball Molly. He's picked up on Patty the Batty early. Barstool jumped on board. They're, they're, they're fucking ground floor. And he was he was cage side. I really enjoyed seeing uh, that both yeah, of them jumping out of the cage. Into Broken the cage. shoulder and all. 
broken shoulder. You know he would have been panicking, but he just fucking loved it. I thought it was quite humorous. Shout out to the uh, the Port Noise. He's we'll got the toughness the and the testicular fortitude to match it with some of these guys. Don't worry about that. He's got to stand with a broken shoulder and he's mm. fucking he's he's taking leaping leaping leg wrap rounds and he's doing yeah. the gyration and up. held it. That's yeah. and held it. And brick not even brick. a wince. He didn't even make it about him with the wincing. He he was all about mm-hmm. the the performance. And uh, yeah, look, you can say you can say what you want about him. And sometimes I've been annoyed by the, some things. And it's more about the big fat know nothing people he employs. It that that more shits me. But I tell you what, the man can tell you what a good thing is. He can pick it as good as anyone. He's got a keen mm-hmm. eye for what a trend is, or not a trend, but I guess a keen eye of what's going to be relevant and what's going to be big and what's going to print dollars. He does. And He's discovered two of them again, and now he's relevant in a complete different world, and he's Absolutely. probably going to become as famous as any of them just off the back of finding these talents. So he's a fantastic uh, person for them as well because it's not just about him. He's actually – he does a lot for them, gives them money and obviously Absolutely. reach and brand. So it's it's unbelievable what he can do as a uh, an operator, that man, and a businessman. Big operator. Can't, can't fold him. Absolutely not, mate. But we can fault is our multi. I keep telling you, we fucked this multi up. We move on to the next fight. Alexander yep. Gustafsson versus Nikita Krylov. Pretty sure we went the value, didn't we? I think I went Gustafsson. Just no, you didn't touch it. A... You didn't touch it. Did I not fight? touch it? See, I have no, no you... memory sometimes. I, no, no, we, 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 only, we only lost one leg, Mako Shark. Didn't the multi we... was good. Yeah. Did I skip this fight? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. It was a five leg. Five legger, and it was Craig lost, and then it was Meatball, and the and the and, and you had um, you had uh, oh, yeah. yeah, you had yeah, Hamanson, yeah. and then Aspinall. Uh, Correct. Hey, like yeah. Aspinall. Yeah, all right, fair yeah. enough. But all right, so anyway, Gustafson got fucked. Yeah. He got knocked the shit out of him in the first He's round. Got stop. I think uh, he has to wrap it up. Daniel Comier said during the week in a tweet that it's probably time to uh, you just some blokes get to a point in life where punches they used to eat they just can no longer eat, and they get dropped. And it didn't look good, did it? It just didn't look good. Krylov smashed him, made him look no smashed good. Him. So I reckon it's time for Gustav. Hey, Krylov had a- fucking what a performance! What a performance, Krylov. Just like yeah, his chin could be gone, Love. and he's a bit bad at Krylov. Cry, Krylov, um, <laughs> mate. Cry. I don't care what you want to call him, but I'm going to call him Cry Performance of the Night because he just walked down a fucking. You know, Hall of Famer potential. Oh and yeah, made it made him look second rate and had no respect mm-hmm. for him, and just sort of learnt. And by the way, I like the way he's he's been working on his English. Fantastic, great commitment. And I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not like pro that everyone should speak English, but it, there's nothing more annoying when a guy's had a great performance and he gets interviewed. Oh, it's yeah. more for the flow. You just want to hear yep. what they're saying and not have some bloke stuff it up because they never actually tell what they're saying. Nah, so they cook it. He's had a great camp. He's had a first round win. And he's he's worked on his English just just for shits and giggles, and now he doesn't need a translator. So I'm on him for that. Great makes it makes the experience like better for us. Yeah, it helps him as well. It's marketable. Helps yourself as a fighter. You want Correct. to be able to uh, engage with the audience at home. I reckon so. It's a smart. I'm not. I mean, just want to say we're not saying yeah, you know, England, we're not trying to be like pro no, like no, that. No, but it's just no, when it, no, when no. it's a when the when the interviewee is speaking that language, and that's what the majority of the people watching it can understand. That's what we'd like to hear. In the heat of the moment, because mm. it's great. It's great to capture the, the the essence of the the you know the windmaker shark. I agree with you there, mate. And shout out yes. Gustafson. Uh, if he does call it quits, a great career, probably one of the best fighters to never win a uh, a world title. I would have thought he'd be right up there in those discussions. So probably time, but it's been a nice career. 
you had that fucking epic war with John Jones, which will go down in history as one of the great fights. Just didn't quite get there, did he, Matthew? Just not quite. No, he didn't. No, no, but that's okay. Sometimes you're just unlucky, and we've talked about this, right? Guys have been, or and women have been, like a Ronda Rousey, say, has been put on a pedestal because she was fighting at a time when it wasn't as competitive, and some other people are more unlucky that you're in the same sort of, um, you're fighting at the same time as John Jones. No different to Stuart McGill, the great kidnappee, um, with the great Shane Keith Warren would would have would have taken hundreds of wickets for any other Test nation comfortably, Stuart. And uh, really, all his lasting memory was that his family tried to kidnap him. Mate, did you see? We've spoken about Stuart McGill on this podcast before. <laughs> he, he, something else fucking happened to him recently. <laughs> he's lost his mind again. Yes, Stuart McGill, not Stewie. No, no. So this is what happens. Right? This happens to you, Baker. When you when you know you're an, a good enough to play, it will be the best, and you can't because someone's just that goatee oh. status more. What did he do? Oh, I can't. I don't know. Maybe it came out that he was sort of something dodgy was going on. This kidnapping incident. It wasn't as innocent. Oh, he was as a part seemed, of it or I something, think. was it? I think there was something a bit Stuart McGill going on about the whole thing. A little was he in a menage dodgy. with Ricky and the the, the nephew? Was that what was going Ricky on? <laughs> Stuart McGill, Ricky Martin, and the nephew were engaged. There was a wrong There was a wrong It was a. a he uh, <laughs> hit him with the googly, and it was all over for Stuart McGill. But let's <laughs> fucking push on because that's ridiculous push stuff. On. But the next fight was the the people's main event, mate. The reason why the O2 was sold out: Paddy yeah. the Buddy Pimblet up against the yes. Monkey King, one of the strangest units I've ever seen. Jordan Levitt, <laughs> oh, just yes. an unusual character. This fella, like. <laughs> Something's uh, something's off. Not well. I reckon with this bloke. Yeah. But, you know, I, uh... everyone was sort of – everyone gave him a chance. And, look, <laughs> yeah. the first round, he pushed Paddy. He pushed him. He attacked him. I don't reckon he, 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 he – I don't reckon. Well, he, I reckon. he controlled him. Yeah. He won the first round. Let's All he did that. was just try and not stand there and strike with him. And then Paddy learned yes. – Paddy put on a fucking wrestling clinic. I thought it was great from Paddy because, as you said, yeah, Jordan yeah. Levitt – he didn't want to get knocked dead, didn't he? Blah, blah. He was just trying to nullify the crowd, suck the life out of the fight, which, you know, yeah. he probably won the first round on the scorecards. But yeah, he would tried have. it again in the second and then ate a scouser knee to the temple. And that was all Can she I wrote. Say Dropped him. Shark. And then how was the fucking the choke was fantastic. He had the body fantastic. triangle and he locked it all Can in. Can I just say that? Yeah, Paddy. Paddy said he wasn't happy with his performance. I thought that was a great performance because to me it showed a bit of range in the sense that a man you, you, a man knows you want to stand there and bang. Uh, recklessly and didn't have the plummies or the skill set to do that with you. So then nullified you for a round, like you said. Didn't really do much, but probably won because of the technique. And then came out in the second and just thought he'd do it again. But you can think so quickly in your team and change what you're doing to then Mm -hmm. end up outperforming him in his strength and then not only sort of knock half knocking him out, then you tap him out. I I actually thought it was a fantastic performance. It was a great performance. I agree. It, it showed that he could think on the fly. He adapted. But I think he was saying a lot before the fight, he's going to fuck him up in the first round. He's not getting out of the first round, lads. So in his own mind, he's a bit of a perfectionist, I'd say. He probably wanted yeah, to put on a big first round knockout and, you know, took him till halfway through the second to do it. But, That's you okay. know, you're right. He should give himself some credit because that was a hell of a performance. It was a, just a lovely – he's showing a, a full range of skills. He's a very good grappler, Paddy the Buddy. So that was a great technique, the way he wrapped him up and just choked him right out and then dropped the tea bag on him, which was fantastic to see. Absolutely. Loved it. Mako Shark, just quickly, uh, uh, we we got a null and void in this one, but um, we talked about it with Big Bad Bustling, another main event crueled by a uh, freak incident. 
made me cringe a bit, cringe a Rooney on the couch, having recent knee myself. Uh, what has he done? Have we, have we found out what it is? Is it a ACL? Is it a PCL? No. Is it a dislocation? Is it a meniscus? What, what have we got here? Do we know? Let me just look it up. I haven't heard. I don't know if it's coming out what he's actually done yet, but uh, yeah, he's I'd like to know what it is. I'd like to know what it is. All the news um, articles here are two days ago. So, Nat, I don't know what the fuck uh, okay. it is. Okay. Okay. We'll see what so it is. Anyway, Hopefully not the ACL. It's the big uh, rollerblades. You're going to wait around for the re- – why the hell would he wait around? It's the, the dumbest thing ever. Is not rollerblades is not – scooting on. The big boy rolling on into the sunset. I'll see you later, Tommy. How yep. do you like me now? Yep. No, anyway, no, fuck that. That was a bit disappointing, mate. That was a disappointing, though, disappointing. You hate, you hate a main event to end like that, 15 seconds in, just two weeks in a row, injury in the first round, just stopping. Even, you know, whatever. It's fighting, as we yeah, said. In the, it's in the, It's amazing like, it doesn't happen more that's often. That's right. But, but disappointing. on to bigger and more exciting things. We're back to a pay-per-view this weekend. Pretty jam-packed card, actually, Rako Shark, and I'm just going to get you to give me a multi. It doesn't have to be an arachnid if you don't want nah. it to be. But, I don't think it will be an arachnid eight-legger. Look, it's a, okay. it's a pay-per-view, Maddie. It's a UFC 277, probably on paper, yeah. not the most exciting card in the world. Some people might sleep on it, and everyone's probably not frothing at the mouth. Like I, reckon the, I reckon the main card's sharp, Mako Shark. If you there's look some, at it, there's sharp some sharp fights on here. There's some sharp fights there's if dual, you look hard dual enough. Dual title fights, is there not? Dual titles. Well, yeah. In terms and then of there's, dual a, titles. there's a... Oh, yeah, and then there's the big, the biggest and baddest. Our oh, man, like, let's just get yeah. into it. Tell me what you like and on. what you don't like. Let's start early doors, Matthew. First fight okay. of the night. I don't know how you're going to like this one because I know you weren't happy with his last performance. But uh, I'm going to stick with him, Matthew. I'm going to stick with him because he's uh, he's an Anzac. He's he's city kickboxing, the Blood mm. Diamond, Matthew. Blood Diamond. He's finally back. Okay. For his I'm second fight in the UFC. Now, look, that, Mako Shark, I wasn't, uh, I'm not off him. I was just dis- disgusted that the height that you'd pumped him up on just let me down. That, it was, uh, and as you know, I don't reinvest. If I, I have a lay and I don't lay, I don't continue. So the fact that it ruined my day, and that's my fault. But anyway, he's got a bit of value here, Mako Shark. Have you seen He does, him? doesn't he? And he's first fight of the night, too. So it could make or break a few multis. It's good. Could blow up in everyone's we'll face in early doors, which is uh, I'm going to back, we'll him, back in him in because if you look back on that first fight, it was just it was an error of judgment on his behalf. His opponent there yep. slipped, if you remember, early. He slipped over, yeah, and dude, our man Blood Diamond went, "Ooh, <laughs> smell the Blood Diamond in the water here." He went, he went, went in, in like Leo kill. to Caprio. Yes, he did. He did, mm. and it didn't work. He got caught, wrapped up nope. into a bit of a uh, of a grapple, and it was a uh, good night nurse for Blood Diamond. But I reckon he's going to come in with a second. He's going to come in. Bit more, bit more focused. So I'm going to back yep. him in, mate. I don't think no, uh, Eugene is going to let his man lose twice in a row. He's down there with nope. Israel all and the boys. all the boys yep. every week, fighting his dick off in the in training. So I'm going to put Blood Diamond in, if that's okay. Two dollars thirty-eight. Fine with me, mate. Nice Marco value Shark. to start too. Nice yeah. value. Value the value bets for the first first fight or second fight. Normally, when it's valued, generally nine times out of ten has worked well for us in the last. Uh, Nine or ten times, but uh, on the weekend it didn't. So I think the value will bounce back to start this card off for us, and Blood Diamond will get my love and affection back. Absolutely, Not that he needs hope it or so. It. Fingers crossed. Then we're going to move on, Matthew. We've got a big fight. This is going to be a nice fight. This is a sleeper fight. We've got Drew Dober, the real American. Oh looking. yeah, the Did big Doberman. Any more Dobermans? Do you get many better looking American <laughs> sort of blokes that should be at college than Drew? This is Dober what you said last fight. time. You like big Drew Dober, but I think you backed the other guy last you. time. 
Wow, his last fight was that fucking sicko fight with uh, Terence T Rex McKinney. If you yeah, remember. we're on we're on T Rex. We were on T Rex, and we were. <laughs> you back in? You back T Rex come out and bopped him. He fucking yeah, popped Drew Dober. Dober dropped, and we're thinking, here we go, T Rex. But then Dober's a sicko. He's a Dober. Drew dropped him. He Dober ate him, him got back up, and ended up knocking out T Rex himself. He, yeah, he's a, he's yeah. a little uh, he's a tenacious bastard, Drew Dober. He's fighting he Rafael Alves, who look. I don't know too much about you, to be honest, mate, but I think you're going to get dobered. <laughs> the pound's coming for you, baby. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what that means. Rabid, Makes no sense. I don't know either. You're going to get sent to the pound. The doberman's going to send you to the pound, That's Raphael. Send you to the pound. Stick no, him in the multi. No what sense. kind of value, man? What kind of value? Oh, 42 for dobies. Hot favourite? Yeah. Roaring. Right. Roaring. Right. Let's move on to the ripping main card, ripping and, ripping and tearing. Yeah, let's make Ripping and tearing, the ripping and tearing. Anthony Smith versus yeah, Magomed uh, Ankalaev. Now, this is a fight, yeah. mate. This is a fight. This is a fucking fight. This is uh, Ankalaev. He's on a bit of a tear, mate. He. I'm interested to hear your take here because there's there's extreme value. And obviously, I'll just let you talk about this first, though, and then I'll let you know the value, which you'll know who the value's for. But it just, I don't know sure if there's extreme, extreme value for old mate Smitty. Yeah, so I'm going to be honest with you. Old yeah. mate uh, Ankalaev is on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight streak in the UFC. His last yes. loss coming four years ago against Paul Kig, our man who oh, triangle choked him, but that's okay. That was his first that's fight okay. in the UFC. But since then, he's gone eight straight and he's beat some people, mate. He's beaten uh, Ayan Kutalaba twice. He's beaten Nikita yeah. Krylov. He's beaten Volkan Uzdemir. He's beaten Ian. He's beaten Ian Ziering as well from Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> yeah. And then he's also beaten Tiago Santos, mate. So, look, the record speaks for itself at this point. And Anthony Smith, he's going all right. He's sort of had a yeah. renaissance of some of some sort as well. He's three on the trot. But, look, he beat Croup, but we're not going to give him that. That was a uh, nah, stroke mate. of good luck for him in the Croup fight. Correct. I think Croup talked about it. Fucking sliding yeah. doors moment for him. Jesus yeah, Christ. It really was. Uh, he's paying $4.97. Fuck, he's up. Rank outside. That's a lot of value. But I just mm. think Ankalaev's going to get the job done here. Okay, he's in. What have we got now? Move on to Alexandre Pantoja versus yes. Alex Perez in a uh, exciting little flyweight fight. Flyweight mm. fight, I should say. Here, I uh, you know it's a fifty-fifty. This is a real pick'em fight. This one, I'm not one hundred percent sure, Matthew. Yep. Do you have any idea either way? Is this is this a, is this a knock 'em sock 'em? Well, it's going to be a, it's going to be an exciting, action-packed sort of. Uh, Little blokes, little blokes just flying, shooting from the hip. This will be. This I'm. Will be a, a, I don't uh, like the little, the little boy. I think they're hard to pick. These, these little very striky boys. Most of them are but such chins of gold, action-packed little dynamos. Yeah, just, so I'm, I'm almost happy to leave it to the keeper if you want. Almost identical records: twenty-four and five for Pantoja, and twenty-four and six for Perez. I'm Number almost happy to leave it to the ranked. keeper. We've got three, two or three legs in so far. Three, three legs in, so we might make it a five legger. Might skip that one, Maddie, because as you said, uh, not a lot we of. You can make uh, it a six legger, mate. And we got three more fights after that, so you can make it a six legger. Oh, we do too. All right, beauty, yeah. beauty. Let's skip okay. that. And move on, Airman, the Black yeah. Beast, Derek Lewis, Sergey Pavlovich. Got a question Who's for you, you Mako Shark. Without notice, go for it. Well, all our stuffs without notice, but mm. more without notice because I haven't spoken to you about this yet in any form. Do you think Derek Lewis? Part of his soul might have been taken as a journeyman with that last knockout. It was a vicious loss. 
Against the same fall that way. Yes, Mako Shark against Bam Bam. Yeah. I wonder if um, the way he fell face down and just he'd never really been flushed like that. Like he'd been hit and rocked and stopped and gassed and all the sort of but he hadn't been sort of embarrassed. And on home turf, you never backed Derek in Houston. That's 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 for sure. And uh I just wonder when a man gets completely rocked like that, does that and I guess his age and his presence and his place in the sport, do you think he'll come back with a bit of hey, I can still bang, or do you think it's just sort of He's back to a mid-carder. Well, it's interesting, so isn't it, with Derek Lewis? Because I don't know. I don't think he's ever really made it a secret that he's he's more about just getting paid, isn't he? He just wants to fight, yep. get paid, go home. Like He's not really one of these sicko, leave everything in the gym, work your ass to the bone because I want the title type of guys. He's not. I don't think he's one of those blokes. I think he's more just a fighter. He just wants to come in, punch a few blokes, get paid, go home. So, yeah. look, as you said, getting knocked out like that, and his last couple of fights, he's, two of us have fucked him in a firefight, yeah. which is normally Derek's go, but to cop it himself and just fall flat on your... I almost think he looked for a way out in that. I think it got a bit hard for him in that fight. Oh. Obviously, he, didn't, he got smashed in the face, but I reckon he almost just said, all right, that's enough, and fell forward, got the fuck out of there. He beat Chris Dorcas, but I reckon my grandmother could beat Chris Dorcas, so we will fucking ignore <laughs> that. But he got absolutely outclassed by Cyril Gunn. That was just yes. a real sort of come to Jesus moment, I reckon. We went, all right, yep. these blokes are just a bit too good for me at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. Will he come out all guns blazing? He's an outsider. Sergei, yeah, I was going to say, will Sergei Pavlovich be able to strike? Will he be able to take Matthew's brother. Great goal kicking forward. It's good to Matthew see his brother Pavlich. out there. Pavlovich. Pavlich. 15 and 1. His first fight in the UFC, he got uh, smashed by the Overeem. Since then, he's won three in a row, so it's, you know it's okay. What, do, what are you saying? What real... do you want here? I'm, I'm. It's, fuck! It's a tough, tough tipster day. Tough tipster, they call it. I'm going to go with our man, even though I've just spent Derek. ten minutes just bagging him out. I'm going to go with yeah. Derek Lewis. I reckon the Black Beast is going to get the job done because he, Perfect. he. We've seen it, mate. Against the best, he falters, but against these other sort of blokes that aren't, you know, sort of middle of the pack, he fucking dines out on them. So really, All who right, are you? It's a dine out. Yeah, it's going to be a dine out. I'm going All Derek right, Lewis like dine out. I reckon uh, now it's getting interesting. Okay, oh, Shark. fuck. This is a tough one. Um, this is a tough one, mate. UFC. I know, I know who I'm going for. I wonder who you're going for, Matthew. Are you going for the uh, Tijuana, Brandon Moreno, or are you going for our man? I'm going for our man. Yeah, I was going to go our man too. I like our man. Mm. I want to get behind him. I want to ride Smiley the, boys. Uh, wanna... Smiley boys become a bit gimmicky. A bit believe my own smile boy. I, I did say I think Brandon Moreno is gorgeous man. Let's gorgeous. Not get, it, get it wrong, but no, sometimes no, no. yeah, gorgeous. a bit too smiley. Eventually, you're like, playing right. games in the octagon with you. That sort of I don't. It annoys me that stuff. I just think our man's on a roll. Our mm. man, Kakata France. I reckon we want to ride this hype train all the way to the <sighs> top. And, and I'm a, not there's a value at the end off. of it too. So the big I'm value. Not to jump off. Don't jump Kikara. off it, baby. What's what's he paying? Just two dollars seventy one. See, that's interesting, isn't it? Because he's on a roll, but I guess Moreno, everyone's sleeping. Just, you know, what he did to Figueredo in that second fight, I think everyone's got that in their mind. So, but you know, he, he's a very good fighter, Brandon Moreno. This is, I think maybe the brain tells me Moreno, but the heart's telling me Kaikara. What are you, what are you punting with here? I'm going to punt with my heart when it comes to an Anzac, Matty. We okay. go with the Anzacs good. here, whether we, we uh, live and die by the sword here. And I was we watching uh, Adesanya and fucking hangman hooker they did a little breakdown on youtube just earlier and they got mm-hmm. me going they're so pumped okay. for their man they are 
100% in his corner. They think there's no possible way he loses this. I know they're very biased, but so are we. And they got me up and about. So Kaikara France, stick him in the multi, Matthew. He's in. Love it. Love it. Main event, what do you think? Now, I was going to say to you, now I'll tell you two things will happen in this main event. Which is obvious because you know two things that can happen. But I'll tell you two tell you two things and why I think these two things could potentially happen. If 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 Nunes goes into that fight with the same mindset and mentality as she did the first one and look underdone, not look prepared, which is rare because she's always been such a, a beast with that. If she she goes in with that same setup, she's not winning. But Mako Shark, surely to Christ, the pride in her being such a great champion has flipped the script and she's had a camp of her life. And the other thing, if she's done that, Mako Shark, I think she wins inside a round and a half. Wow. Because we wow. didn't see her let we didn't see her, Mako Shark, land any sort of shots that she normally does against these other women and rock them because she hits just fucking extremely hard. And she gassed out, and then she took an easy way with the tap. I I think if she's got herself in the right mindset and the right fitness levels and the right camp, she she's better than Pena pretty comfortably. But Well, I, yeah, I tend to agree. I, you can't tell me. You just can't. You couldn't convince me that she was 100% going into that fight, whether or not no it was mental or physical. I think she obviously just wasn't 100% there. We've seen what she's done in the past. You can't uh, mm. go toe-to-toe with Cyborg and absolutely bash the living bejesus out of that woman and then not be able to... The way she just looked in those back and forth with Pena, it just didn't look like Amanda Nunez, did it? Like, she was no. she was getting rocked. Her punches didn't seem yep. to pack any power. Then, as you said, she gassed so easily. And then she just, 100%, she knew it was over. She was out of petrol tickets, and she took the first chance. Is that the first fight she was being a mum or not? And uh, that's a good question, mate. I wouldn't be able to tell you the answer. Yeah. Probably, though. I think you might be right. I think it was pretty fresh, the tin lid. So and maybe, you've had a tin uh, lid yourself, so they're pretty full yeah. on. Priorities elsewhere. A little bit believing your own heart, maybe. Just like, no, Correct. one can touch me. This chick's no that good. Penny's a bit of a rashy vest, rashy singlet yeah. operator. She's maybe lost, she mate. The she's rash. lost to other fighters. Yeah. That she probably shouldn't have. So I think Nunez 100% went in half-baked, and I think there's no chance she does it again. I so who wins? strongly think you're going to see a different Amanda Nunez in this fight. But let's not take away anything from Juliana Pena because it was the hell of performance regardless. Like, she she stood toe-to-toe. If you remember, though, that first round, she got dominated. Nunez took her down, controlled her, and I remember sitting there at Jason Bass's house and mm. basically said, well, this fight's fucking over. Like, this is a this mm. is a wrap em up sort of affair. To wrap and then it just up. flipped. It flipped the script in the second round. So anything's it's possible. Anything's so what possible. are you thinking? I think but I Nunes just, wins. Yeah, just has I to. think Amanda. I just yeah. I couldn't not back her in. I don't reckon. Well, we'll back her in, and I'll tell you what. Your multi. It's a six legger, and it is paying thirty two dollars. That's Palmer bet. Juicy odds. Thirty two dollars. Gamble responsibly. Borderline mortgage more of that. That's pretty good for six legs. I, I think, think it's because so. we got a little bit of Kaikara value. We got a little bit of value yeah, early right. with some other got the bit bl- of blood the, diamond the, value. The blood diamond, black beast, blood diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fucking. That's a mortgage more. So than gamble six legs. Fans at home, listen to Mako Shark's tips astutely because he puts a lot of time into them. But do your own research. Do your own 
I guess, uh, head-to-heads and have a bit of a tail of the tape yourself before you waste those pennies. But thanks to Palmavet Maker Shark, as always, for looking after Australia's greatest pod and soon to be the world's greatest pod. Will they come with us on the world scale? Time will tell, Mako Shark. I think they will. I think they'd be foolish not to, to be honest, because we, uh, we might get, we might get up. signed up by, uh, yeah, by Amazon or... DraftKings or... DraftKings <laughs> or... Fucking some sort of uh, mining company might jump on us and just give us the big dollars. <laughs> Elon might jump on. Anything's possible when you're the, the world's hottest pod. But Asian Matthew, Asian investors could be a big Asian investor. Could be a lot of Chinese money getting funneled into this podcast any minute now. <laughs> Look, hey, I'm had, open uh, to funnel. Are you open to funnel? Like the channel, I'm open to it, baby. You can funnel uh, away here. Yeah, yeah. Enough money. All the off. morals go out the window on this podcast. Jocks fly off morals. to a funnel. What do you got for me, mate, Kosho? going to say, did we talk just pack. quickly, uh, last week we mentioned it because we were recording on the night of, but Nikita Zhu had a hell of a fight. He had a hell of a fight. Yes. We uh, we gave Ben Horn zero chance in that fight. We zero said it was going to be over in under a round. But, mate, it turned into a six-round fucking banger. Am I wrong or you am I talk- right? No, you're not wrong. You're, you're completely right. I think, from my not technical mind, I think that uh, Ben Horn and his creep bag manager, trainer, that I just can't. I can't stand. He's the creepiest individual. He's like a big praying mantis fucking thing. He's just, he's such a creep bag and his face is all gaunt and creepy. He just lurks. He'd be a skulker. We're going to have him on the podcast anytime soon. Don't want him. Don't don't even know if you want him. I don't want him on this show at all, ever. Do not want any part of the rush. Rush can take a dump elsewhere, but he's not coming on this pod and stinking up the numbers. Anyway, um, they had a good game plan because they got him into a fire. It's an outrageous little uh, run by me then, but I don't like him, Mako Shark. He's a creep bag. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. They got him into a firefight, Mako Shark, and that is not what uh, Team uh, Zoo would have been would have been wanting. He ate way too many punches uh, and got sort of tricked into probably trying to stop him, and that worked for Ben Horn because he's got a ch- talk about a CTE chin. That chin's chin, fucking yeah. – that is a granite chin. I'd love to have Ben Horn on, but just not the rush. I'll have Ben Horn on either. Not the rush, though, just to get that straight. I'd love to have Ben Horn on chat about that chin. But, Mako Shark, I think if they go back and, you know, it's only his third fight, they'll just say, look, and listen, son, Nick, you know, we've got to just cool our jets. You don't have to always have that big knockout, and you've got to protect yourself because you don't want to be eating shots like that because if he was fighting someone with a stronger punch, that could have ended very badly. And obviously – did way too much to win the fight, but you don't want to see a man get stopped because he's dropped a game plan. And that might, I might be wrong. That might have been the game plan to go out and try and outpunch him. But I think when we saw that those body shots weren't doing anything and when he wasn't landing the big, big blows, I reckon you've got more boxing ability. And I reckon you'll see more clinical performances from our man Nikita in, in, the, in, the, in the coming uh, years, Michael. 100%. Maker. I would have thought you're right there, mate. I think... There's a lot of negativity flying around. Everyone goes, oh, look at this. He's, oh, he's been exposed. Oh, he's, he's not this. He's not that. He'll never be this. He'll never be his brother or his father. Mate, he's a kid in his third fight, for fuck's sake, Correct. right? He spent five yep. or six years out of the sport. He's just jumped back in, three fights in. He's headlining events. He's got all the spotlight under him. Correct. And you, what, you want him to be fucking Tim Zhu Just finished, immediately finished building like, the Guggenheim too, hasn't he? 100%. He's just finished building the Guggenheim, the, the new edition. And, like, give him a break. I think it's almost a, not a good thing. It's never a good thing to eat a lot of punches, but no. it's going to be a learning experience for the young guy. I think this is almost good. And he's shown that, mate, under the pump, he, he can stand he can, up, he man. Not a, yeah, yeah, all right. He ate a lot of punches, but it wasn't like he was ever in debt of losing the fight. He still no. Put, no, no, he no. still smashed it. He basically won every round, okay. let's be honest. He still put on a good performance. He's got a lot of learning to do, a lot of improvement to come. This is no way even close to his ceiling. 
So I think good yeah. on him. He's a friend yeah. of the pod. Good, we get you. back him in. And I just think yeah. everyone just lay off. And the, as well, I'll tell you too, like, you mentioned the pressure just quickly. You mentioned the pressure. Like He's a young man, main eventing in his third fight. He should just be... Yep. Yep, the names work for him, but it's also a, a hindrance at times. You can't go and have those performances wow. that no one sees because now everyone sees be it. Everyone's an expert. Games. Like this crap media that we talk about in this country, they don't like the good stuff, but as soon as they think he – they've got no idea what should happen in that fight, but because he doesn't win in stunning fashion, it's all yeah. – Oh, oh it's a disappointment. Yeah. You go and headline an event fighting, with pressure. You're fighting Ham and Eggers, mate, off-Broadway on your third fight normally. Like, let's be honest. So – I think uh, it's actually a good thing, though, because as you said, he's probably finding it hard to find opponents there for a while, but now everyone's going to yeah. start bobbing up thinking that, oh, hang on a minute, oh, oh, I think I can... I saw one I today. I might be able to land one on him. So I think it's actually good for boxing. Now the opponents will start flying in and we'll really start to yeah. see the butcher go to work. One of Phoenix men, sexy Jackie Brubaker, big sexy cowboy. I saw that. He's sexy, the Brubake. <laughs> I don't mind the big Jackie Brew. That's where we'll big Brubakers, that's where the big, uh, the big man, Magic Mike, our man, uh, Jackson mm. Murray, the Murray River. Uh, he uh, got the hat from, I reckon, uh, the sexy cowboy yeah, Brubaker. Very similar. Yeah, yeah Brubaker's got a bit on. I wouldn't Brubaker's mind getting bringing a bit of something, chatting a bit of steez. <laughs> He's got a bit of something about him, the brewery, the Brubake. Yeah. But uh, as you yeah. mentioned just there, the Murray River, Jacko Murray Airman. How was the hat on him? Facetious <laughs> sort of get up from the big fella. He's a <laughs> love it. He's a, he's a unit. He really is. He's an yeah. unusual man, and I'm all about it. He's dripping sex. Oh, my. He is. We spoke about it last week because we watched it live. We hadn't seen the hat at that time, had we? we hadn't seen no, the I, thought you, I think you'd mentioned the hat. Oh, no, yeah, we were did. dropping sex hat, weren't we? we were yeah, you did, sex hat. You've lost your mind, Mako Shark. That's okay, though. Hey, another one wine. just quickly before the we uh, wrap it up. That is the red wine. It's been an absolute – you couldn't jam more than an episode if you tried. No one could because you can't, and we did. So we're world record holders of jamming as much as you can into an hour. So I dare you to try. You can't, you won't, you won't. Anyone won't, but we will, Mako Shark. The friend of the pod, friend of the pod, the Boa, also had a fight. Jackie Bowen. Yeah, man, the Boa Constrictor. Jack Bowen, 7-0 now, just getting it done as we expected. Never in doubt. Did you see the vicious, I'm talking vicious body shots, just crushing ribs, destroying kidneys, flattening fucking livers. This bloke's pissing blood, I think, still. It's about a week out, and I think uh, our man Jack Bowen, 7-0, our man Ulti, just guiding the career, just guiding it, and it's going to be all the way As Bruce would say, as Brucey would say, guarding it. He's just guiding so, this career. So effortlessly. Jack Bowen. Um, he's Mako the real Shard, deal, let's be honest. Jack Bowen, who I should know, but who's like the big name in this country at that weight? Great. Question. I should know I wish this. you didn't ask me. Wish you didn't ask me that, mate. Because, like, who's he gunning to fight? That's what I'd love to know. Who's the person ducking him? Someone's ducking him. Someone is no doubt ducking Jack Bowen. <laughs> Sorry for point. the question with that. We should know that. But, I've, well, you know, it's a bit late. I've got a surgery. Well, he's in a super middle. Like, so who's... Who's your up there super middle these days, mate? Super middle. I'm going to just Google it. Let's get Australian. Yeah, do it. You've, you've, you know, we've got the kids. Shout out to the kids. Ranking. I'll shout out to Leo. He loves it. He loves a shout out, Leo. Geez, you've never seen a kid's face light up more than when he gets a – well, why wouldn't you, I guess, from even though it's your dad co-hosting, but it's Australia's greatest podcast. So if you get a shout out on this thing, that, that that's money. That that's uh, that, oh, that brings some – uh, Bring some awareness to your brand. Well, it's saying the, um, uh, the number one super middle in the country is actually another one of Alti's boys, another one I've got my eye on. We'll have him on the pod at some point. Matteo Tapia. He's a, oh, uh, yes. He's yes. a slickster. 
He's a slick Rick operator, Stone. this bloke. So I don't think he's... So Ulti doesn't him. want two Ulti boys going together, no, so it might be Ulti that's Ulti. trying to fangle something here. No Ulti. Let's ask Ulti. So we don't do we'll that. to the bottom yeah, of this. We we'll come back to you mm. next week and we'll figure out Jack Bowen's next opponent because he's going to go 8-0. That's a, another fate accompli. <laughs> it's two. That's 12 cans people have got to skull at home. Now, look, Mako Shuck, that's been an action-packed episode. I've got nothing else. I'll leave the floor open to you, though, but I will say... As always, it's been a pleasure, and I've loved it. I've loved the privilege, as I mentioned, in the Shark Tank. A generational talent you are, my friend, and I will leave you on. I'll see you on the other side of my surgery, and I'll see you next week, and we'll be back bigger than ever. Love you. Thank you very much, mate. Absolutely. Good luck to you going under the knife tomorrow. Hopefully no anesthetic drama. That would be a real shame. (laughs) But uh, hopefully you wake up all pristine and the meniscus is all uh, sorted and you can get going and this grand final dream is still alive. Come on. We've got the meniscus watch starting next week. Everyone at home, starting get around Matty C. Jump on board. Yes. Give him your best Get around wishes. the podcast, too. Get around the podcast. Give us a review. Tell everyone that you want the meniscus to heal because that's all we're about here is meniscus <laughs> these days. And, and, uh, and yeah, great pod. pod. Great episode. Great Barry Hall, again, thank you very much. We love you, big, bad, bustling. You're a fucking legend and Australian icon. It's great to talk to you again. Everyone at home, bloody Who the fuck is that guy?